In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom, and Eleanor McCullen is with us today. We want to talk a little bit about the cancellation of Roe versus Wade. Well, hello, everyone. It's nice to be with you, Father. And um, yeah, I think we're coming up to that anniversary year. I think it was um, June 4th. It's about, uh, I think I'm pretty close, and a year ago. And that was so exciting. And we celebrated. And what, what am I talking about? That's the day that the Supreme Court uh, ruled that abortion would not be federally ruled anymore. They were turning the uh, ruling of abortion over to each state. Uh, they would uh, they would make up their own minds. They would have a vote, whatever they wanted to do. Each state could make a make their own decisions. So that was huge, absolutely huge. And we should celebrate, and we should be worshiping God and thanking Him, and uh, because it's, it definitely was a move in the right direction. However, having said that, um, we. We worshiped and thanked God. Our hearts were filled with joy. But then we realized abortion is far from over. So we we uh, must continue. Abortions are down. I can't give you a number, but maybe if a million abortions were happening, maybe now 800,000. Um, some states are doing beautifully. They have the heart heartbeat law. So when they hear the heartbeat, um, the baby's heartbeat around 25 days, then there's no abortion, 15 weeks. Some states are doing 15 weeks after that. There's no abortion. Um, of course, what happens there is then you say, oh, well, that's great. But then you have the liberal judges that come in and everything's appealed. But uh, but we march on in, in confidence and trust that Jesus knows what's going on and he's leading us and loving us and gracing us. Um, but that's some of the states, as I said, Father. But here in Massachusetts, well, what can I tell you? Here we are. And um, uh, Massachusetts, you can have an abortion up to the ninth month. I mean, it's hard to even say this because it sounds unbelievable. So there are many states that still have uh, many abortions, no limit, nothing. They don't want to hear about it. So, but um, we're here in, in Massachusetts, Father, and we're here for a reason. And we're here, wherever you are across the country, you are the light in the darkness. But especially in the dark states where evil is personified and pushed, uh, they're trying to get rid of our families, they're trying to get rid of our babies. And um, so, but we're here and, and we are the light in the darkness. And our prayer every day is, Lord, let our light shine. Let us bless people and, and take care of our babies in the womb and give our mothers and fathers courage to accept that beautiful miracle. 
that beautiful miracle. I do not know how Nancy Pelosi and the president would be pro-death. I do not know. She said her fairness or her best word was the word. Well, the word became flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and dwelt among us. That's about the word. It became flesh as a fertilized egg with Mary and the Holy Spirit. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. How can they say my favorite word is the word and talk about John's gospel and not say this is evil, this is evil? Yeah, I agree, Father. It doesn't make sense. But what happens is I, it's about power and control and money, and, and that seems to trump, overrule their conscience and uh, the logic of, and, and, and as I said a minute ago, it, it just seems like they want everything that's good, the family gone, the baby's gone, uh, men are gone, they become women. Um, everything that comes from God, they, they're throwing God away. There's no God in their hearts anymore. Somehow they don't have a conscience. They do have a conscience, but it's weak. It, it's not formed. And that's crucial. So it's all of the above. It's happening quickly, but that's okay because we're here. And as I said, Jesus will lead us, but we must continue. We must not get discouraged and we will continue and fight the fight. It's a spiritual battle. Once we realize that, then we have to put our uh, prayer uh, armor on and our courageous armor and go forward with love, but go forward. It's prayer in action now. Uh, uh, prayer is beautiful, but we can't just say we're praying about it or they are doing something about it. We are they, and action must take place now. And we'll, I'll talk a little bit about what action we can take. But... Yeah, it's hard to understand, Father. I agree with you. And we can afford to get discouraged for uh, 30 minutes, and then we have to let it go and, and proceed under the banner of Jesus Christ. What about going out to the abortion mill, 1055 Commonwealth Avenue? I want to tell you that people drive by, and they are not having abortions because people are out there. It's so important to be out there. You say, but I've not seen any saves. You have no idea what you are doing being out in front of the abortion mill. You have no idea. You're not seeing saves, but there are saves. People that are driving by do not go in because somebody is out there praying. The people at Planned Parenthood hate it when people pray outside the abortion mill. Yeah, that's so true, Father. Uh, uh, about a week ago, a couple drove off, and uh, then they stopped at the traffic light, and one of our um, counselors said, well, why did you keep going? Why did you drive off? And, the, and there were two women in the car, and they said, we saw all the people standing there, and nobody said anything to them, but they saw all the people. 
And you know, whatever we do, the Lord does, doesn't, uh, won't, he'll use that. He made them think, wow, look at all those people. They, they're for women. They're for, they're for babies. And so what are we doing here? And the two sisters drove, I guess they were sisters. They drove off. So yeah, you know, last week, I don't know whether you remember father, when you have the call in for prayer and, um, a young man called in, I, I think his name was Paul and he talked about a sidewalk counselor and, um, by the name of Sarah. And she's pretty new, maybe three months. And uh, she had said to Paul, you know, I think I'm wasting my time. I feel discouraged. You know, I, uh, this is, I don't know what I'm doing out there. And that, that's a normal feeling. So um, I was able to get uh, Sarah's telephone number. And I talked to her. She's lovely. And I talked to her like uh, I said to her, you know, that's true that you feel that's your human nature. But let me tell you, just like you said, Father, anything you do for the glory of God is not wasted. And the unseen, there's so much unseen. We That's what we do. We trust that what we are doing for the glory of God, not for ourselves, it's not about us. It's about women that have this dilemma of what to do with that baby in the womb. And standing there praying and things are happening. I don't care if it's on the bus or on the train or people are driving away and things are happening. You just have to trust the Lord and he's called you to be there. So imagine being called. The Holy Spirit had, had said to Sarah, go stand there, pray and um, maybe talk to somebody if the opportunity presents itself. So You've been chosen. That's where God wants you at that moment in your life, that day. So I told her not to get discouraged. I gave her some ideas. Um, uh, I guess ideas that the way I do it myself, Father. And sometimes when someone's new, they feel like they have to say everything in one voice, like um, all the answers to every question in like a minute. And it's too many words. So my advice was to um, all you have to say is good morning, good afternoon. I think I can help you today. Or can I help you? And um, that's all you have to say. With too many words, it's hard to distinguish, you know, what the person is saying. So that was good because I think she did feel a little bit like overwhelmed. And then she felt like, oh, I forgot to say, well, how about adoption? So you don't want to throw all of those options in one sentence. So, and then she felt like, oh, I forgot to say this. I for but that's normal. I, I went through that 23 years ago too. Oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. But one of the lessons is once you wake up in the morning and you dedicate your life that day to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and you make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then you proceed. You proceed, and whatever you say, that's what he wants you to say. The Holy Spirit wants you to say. So don't second-guess yourself and never feel like it's a waste of time. You're doing God's work. It's like imagine being chosen to stand there at a moment moment when a woman and a man have that 
a dilemma of what should I do? And you're there to say, I can help you. I can take you to a center. We can see the ultrasound. We can hear that heart beating 155 times a minute. I can help you beyond. I will hold your hand. I will make sure you have everything you need for the baby. Because as you know, Father, the couples that come, they're a product of our society. The the, the the boyfriend said, you better have that abortion or I'm out of here. So here is a kind, gentle, loving voice saying, good morning. How can I help you? And there's so much help available. And you build up the trust with the woman. I'm definitely woman-oriented first. We're not talking about the baby. I have to talk to her and the father of the baby, find out what brought them there, and build up a trust. Then we can always, of course, talk about the baby. And there's a bigger chance that life will be born after you build up the trust of the mother and the father. So I spoke to her, gave her some ideas, told her it's the most beautiful thing you could do. There is no other better place that you could be on a morning between 8 and 11 in front of Planned Parenthood, being in the place of Jesus, because you know if Jesus were actually there, he would hold their hand and he would say, I can help you. I will help you. I will never leave you. And that's what the young woman is doing. She's saying, I can help you. I will hold your hand. I will take you through the nine months. Do not be afraid. Imagine when you think about it, Father, what a what a beautiful gift to be chosen to be at the, as you say, Father, at the gates of hell, where inside little babies are losing their life. So I hope I gave her encouragement and anyone else that wants to come. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. Just the prayer, standing and praying, asking the Lord to bless these women, give them courage. Give them courage because they have a problem. Maybe, as I say, the boyfriend or the father. I mean, there's some reason why they're there. And so pray for them that they see that they see the mountain. But the prayer is, Lord, let them see a path through the mountain, through the people that are standing out here today. And you can save a life. It's a beautiful gift to be able to be there. So please come. You see, the people at Planned Parenthood inside, they hate to see people outside because they know business is hurt because people are praying and people who leave, and they do leave, as I said, even the ones we don't know about. This is real. This is real. Have you gone to Planned Parenthood? This is the Easter time. Go and pray the rosary or go and read the scriptures. Whatever you feel called to do, just do it. Eleanor, I heard you have a couple of new stories. Well, of course I do, Father. <laughs> I have a couple of new stories. Um, gosh, um, I wonder which one you would like to hear. Both. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, you know, I guess part of... Anything we do in life, I don't care what it is. You work in a nursing home, you're a school teacher, you're a nurse, you're writing a book, you're a mother at home with the children. Um, nowadays, Father, people don't go the extra mile. They kind of just say, okay, 
This is it. I did the best I could. The question is, how do you know what your best is? And going the extra mile is um, it's so, so important. And so this is the story of going the extra mile. And um, the, the couple came to Planned Parenthood and um, they, you're, in, you're involved in this story too. And they, they didn't want to talk. They were, no, 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 we're in a hurry. Um, we know what we're doing. We don't need any advice. So they went in. But a few minutes later, they did come out. So, and they came over. They said, no, we, we still don't want to talk. But because um, my father just had a heart attack and uh, we have to rush to the hospital. And that was uh, Massachusetts General. So, um, so I, they said, but we're, we're coming back. We'll be back this afternoon. So the, in just a minute, you know, that's the other thing about the Holy Spirit, Father. If you ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, he will. But he gives you an idea suddenly. You know how a, a lot of suddenlies happened in the Bible. Suddenly the angels were there. Well, suddenly I got this idea. And it, and, and it was within a minute. I said, well, I'll drive to Massachusetts General and I'll pray for uh, the gentleman's father. So I got in my car. I drove. And I used valet. So I was in the hospital, the entrance. I was in there. I went through the revolving door, standing there when they came in about 10 minutes later. So they were surprised to see me. And they said, well, what are you doing here? So I said, well, I, I thought I'd come and pray for your dad. And of course, they thought that was a great idea. So we proceeded on the elevator and uh, I did pray for their father. And their father's name was Steve. And we had to clear the room after a few minutes. And I said to the couple, would you like to go down and have something in the cafeteria? And they said, sure. So we did. We had an hour lunch. And now we, I was able to, to talk to them and how we did meet earlier that morning. And so I think acting on that uh, invitation from the Holy Spirit, just do something, go. And, and I, even when I was driving, I'm thinking, what am I doing? I don't even know these people. But I felt that was, you know, you just know when you should go that extra mile. And so you pray the grace to do it. I've had many missed opportunities, there's no doubt. But uh, this one was not missed. And the did go on to have a beautiful, actually they had twins and they had um, girls. And Father, you baptized them. I don't know whether you remember that, but you baptized them at Holy Rosary. And um, so it's a beautiful story. And it just uh, took a little extra time for me to do that, but it paid dividends. So uh, whatever you're doing, I don't care. Just go that extra mile. Most people are, they're just doing whatever it takes uh, on a scale of one to 10. They're doing 10. But everybody that is listening to me, why not do 15? Why not do 20? Be different. Uh, do something over the top. 
and the Lord will show you what over the top is. And then guess what? He's going to be with you. He's going to hold your hand because that's what he does. He promises you take that step in faith and go that extra mile. For me, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about the glory of God. You do that and I will run with you. I will, you'll see things happening you can't believe, but he does ask us to take that step in faith. And sometimes, most times, it's like crazy. Like I'm driving, I, I don't know these people. It's, it's, and I'm in an elevator with strangers. It's a little bit strange. The Lord calls us to do unusual things that seem crazy to the world. But guess what? We're not in, the, we're not of the world. We're with Jesus. And he promised, you step in faith. Whatever it is, write that book, be a nurse, go back to school, be a priest, be a fireman. I don't care. Whatever it is, take the step in faith and the Lord will honor and bless you. You won't be able to catch your breath. There's another story I heard. Let's hear it because I love the stories. Oh, my gosh. Well, which one? Oh, this one is um, maybe it's this one. I don't know. Um this woman uh, came with her sister, and uh, she definitely was coming for an abortion. And um, she said, I don't want a baby. I have already three boys, and I don't want any more. And I said, well, gosh, you know, it's a little baby and beautiful. I said, you know what I'm thinking? How about if it's a girl? She said, do you think it might be a girl? I said, yeah, I, I kind of think so. She said, well, I would like a girl. So I said, well, yeah, it's a girl. So we continued, and I took her to the Crisis Pregnancy Center, Pregnancy Help, and she saw the ultrasound, and she was happy, and uh, things went along until about the 18th week, she called me on the phone, and she said, Eleanor, I said, yes. She said, I just had the ultrasound, and it's a boy, a fourth boy. So now I said, oh, boy, I love boys. How imagine, how beautiful is that, another boy? She said, but I wanted a girl. I said, oh, who, who wants a girl? You have the boy. This is, like, so good. God wants you to have four sons. So... <laughs> I had to quickly change, but I believe both of the girls and boys are precious. So she went on to have the fourth son. And Father, this leads me up to something else. I get many calls. People always say to me, does anybody call and say, I'm sorry I missed, met you. I have this baby, and I'm sorry I met you. And you know, Father, in 23 years, it's never happened. And this woman called. And she, she keeps in touch, and she said, Eleanor, thank you. My, I have my four sons. My four sons are the joy of my life. Best thing that ever happened to me. They're all good boys. They're growing up, and, they're, and two are in college, and I think she still has the 13. I'm not sure. But the point is, she said, thank you. I know I was a pain, but thank you for being there. Thank you for encouraging me. That's the other thing, Father. You empower women. Uh, these other places that take the baby's life, they say, oh, you can't do that. You want to go to school and have a baby? You can't do that. But 
you encourage, you you empower women. Yes, you can. That's another expression. Yes, I can. I can do that. I can walk across that stage and get my diploma, and I'll be holding my little boy or girl. So she said, thank you so much. Um, she has the four sons. It was a beautiful story. But it was challenging <laughs> at one point. But the Lord, again, I took... I stepped forward in faith, I, and I passed on my courage to her. She caught it, and she has four beautiful sons. Praise the Lord. God is in these experiences. You see, it's a sin against creation to have an abortion. It's a sin against creation to be transsexual. It's a sin against creation to be a man with another man being married. It's a sin against creation. We love these people, but we do not love what they're doing. This is evil. This is evil. And no one talks about it. I often say something. You see, how can a seven-year-old say, I'm a girl and want to be a boy? Seven years old? How ridiculous is that? I don't have any idea of what it means to grow up. And yet, no one talks about it. Or not many people talk about it. Well, we don't want to hurt people. Well, I'm telling you, they'll be hurt if they go trans. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Father. It's a hard subject, but... It's hard to believe that we're, we're we're talking about these things, but you must you must address it and 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 pray for the people, as you say. We hate the sin, but we love the sinner. And uh, for some reason, they they're not happy. They want to be God, and they're not happy with the way God made them. And uh, so we pray that they become happy in their life, and they they don't have to ex do these extreme measures um, because it is wrong, and, and it. And they're not happy afterwards. And as you say, seven-year-olds, that, that, that's not right. But even adults, they're looking for something, Father. They're looking for Jesus. Maybe before, as I said to you earlier, they're taking drugs or alcohol to dull the pain because they're looking for something. So they think, okay, I'll mutilate my body, and maybe now I'll be happy. They're still not happy. Jesus is the answer. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.